Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. Do I have some people that maybe got in here, you're just feeling a little bit tired. Come on. I, why are all the moms raising their hand? There's, there's a problem here. Goodness gracious. You know, if anybody has a right to be tired, it's mom. It's mom. Mom does so much, and she gives so much, and she pours out so much. The endless hours that she puts in just to be mom and do thankless tasks. When's the last time you said thank you to mom? Come on, somebody. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. See, we've got Pastor Sarah being the, being the mother of the, uh, am I further away? I am further away. I'll fix that. and We'll mess with the camera people. That'll be awesome. There we go. That way you can smell my breath when I'm yelling at you. So good. All right. Today's message is titled, A Well for the Weary. A Well for the Weary. You might be feeling a little bit weary today. Now, did we make it to John chapter 4? Good. In verse 1, it says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Verse 2. Though Jesus himself did not baptize, his disciples did. Verse 3, so he left Judea and returned to Galilee. Verse 4, he had to go through Samaria on the way. Verse 5, eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sakkar, near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. And verse 6, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired, somebody say tired, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word today. God, I thank you that you're going to speak to us, that you're going to work in and through us today. And Lord, we give you permission to break down walls, to help us think differently. God, we ask that your word would sharpen us today, that we'd be more and more like you and less and less like ourselves. So God, we just thank you and give you the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All God's people said, amen, amen. Let's look at the state of Jesus for a moment. He's building his ministry He's out there in the highways of byways. He's all over the place, right? He's being criticized by religious leaders, the Pharisees and Sadducees. He's constantly having to put Peter in his place as he keeps doing silly things. Come on, Peter. I love Peter. He's having to deal with the fake news being reported about him all over the place. All these false accusations happening to him. So much so that they're trying to get him to live in his agenda. In, in a different agenda, and he's not going to do it. And now he's walking through Samaria. Samaria is a place where Jews do not go. Samaria is a place where, where, where Jews actually avoid. They'll, they'll go long distances just to go around Samaria because there's, there's this feud that's been there for years and years and years. But this is where we find Jesus. Now here's my first point. Weariness does not mean weakness. Weariness does not mean weakness. Come on, let's say that together. Weariness does not mean weakness. You know, it's so easy to think of Jesus as our healer, as our provider, as our friend, as our savior. It's easy to think of Jesus as all these different ways. I mean, how, what, when you think of Jesus, what do you think of? Redeemer, healer, love, peace. There's so many different ways we think of Jesus. How many times when you think of Jesus do you think of weariness? We don't. We don't think of, oh, what a great representation of weariness and tiredness and slothfulness. 
Jesus of all people. I mean, goodness. Thank you, Jesus, for just making me feel better about myself when I'm lazy. Amen. No, we don't think of Jesus when we think of weariness. But that doesn't mean that Jesus was never weary. Are you with me? Are you with me? I, I think sometimes when, when we think of mom and we think of, we think of those people that mean so much in our life, we, we're always counting on them to get us through. We're always counting on them for that word of encouragement. We're always counting on them for those things. But can I tell you something? We all get weary. That doesn't mean that you're weak. Oh, somebody needed to hear this today. Somebody needed to hear this today. Just because you're weary doesn't make you weak. Matthew 11, verse 28 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Verse 29, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30, For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. You know, reading, I've read that verse so many times. Has anybody heard that verse before? Just a few dozen times, are you with me? But in reading that verse, it kind of stood out to me a little differently this time. You know, something, something that stood out to me was, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. I thought to myself, why is Jesus teaching them about, bring, bring your burdens to me, bring your weariness to me? Because he's experienced them. He's experienced them. It's a whole different humility when you've experienced them. Are you with me? That weariness that, that he's going to help you to get through is because he's felt it himself. Oh, There's something that's so important to realize that Jesus coming to earth was, was, all, was definitely for, for our salvation. Amen? We can definitely agree on that. He came so that he could die so that we could one day be with him in eternity. Any questions? That's it. That is the gospel through and through. But you know what else I think? I think when Jesus was on this earth, it was also he, so he could experience what we experienced and have a different heart when he went to that cross. Are you with me? When, when he went to that cross, he was thinking about you and I 2,000 years later who would be sitting here in our weariness and going, I understand. I've been where you are. I sat next to the well on a hot day at noon, thirsty. Seemed like nobody cared about me. Going through a town where nobody wanted me to be there. Are you with me? You ever feel like this? Sometimes there's these moments in our life where we feel weary. But somebody say that doesn't mean we're weak. You know, I was talking with our youth this week, and, and I asked them, I said, you know, what's your favorite car? And we had all kinds of different cars going around the room, different things. And maybe, maybe I'll ask you, what, what, what's your favorite car? A Cobra? McLaren Spider? What, what, Jeep Gladiator? Is that what it was? A what was it? A Chevy? Any others? Well, this side doesn't like cars. That's just that side likes cars. You like running? I don't believe. Oh, running cars. I was, I was like, wait a minute. I, you don't look like you like running. I'm, I'm, I know. I don't, I don't look like I like running. But, you know, unless if, if I'm running, there's something chasing me. Are you with me? You know? But anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, your favorite car is worthless if it doesn't have any fuel in it. Now, does that mean that when, you're, when your car runs out of gas that you just trade it in for a new one? Does anybody, I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but how many times do we do that in our own life where we think that, well, I guess this one's just ran out of anything good, so I'm just going to leave it here and I'm going to move on to the next thing. 
How many relationships have we done that to? How many businesses have we done that to? How many things, how many people have we messed with? Has that messed with us in the middle of those things? We just move on to the next thing because it ran out of, ran out of juice. Go put gas in the car. Go put gas in the car. That thing will be so much more valuable to you if you put fuel back in it. Come on. Like, go, and, go and love on your mom. Has she been a little bitter lately? Maybe because nobody's put any fuel in, they've just been taking things out. Is anybody with me? They've been asking for more and more, but they haven't, haven't helped with maybe an oil change here and there. Are you with me? I, I can't tell you as, uh, I, and I, I'm, I'm not comparing my, my burdens to my beautiful bride because we, we all know that hers are much worse, but I'm going to make those that don't have hard burdens feel better. Because for me, my, my two little guys, like, it, I don't know about you, but it drives me nuts when it's been 40 minutes since I last cleaned the car and there's crumbs everywhere. 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 Oh, my goodness. And then we got a husky. Yeah, so if he rides with us for less than 10 seconds, <laughs> hair is everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, my goodness. Just the messes. You want something to make you weary. Just like that. I just got done doing this, and here we are again. Anybody with me? You might just be running on empty right now. You might just be a little bit overburdened. Let's go back to John chapter 4, verse 7. It says, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Verse 9. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Verse 10, Jesus replied, if only, if you only knew. Come on, somebody say, if you only knew. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. Verse 11, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Verse 13, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Here's point number two. I will drink from the right well. Come on, somebody say, I will drink from the right well. You know what? How many of you are just like me? I wonder. I wonder. You know, when I get weary, when I get tired, I turn to things that make me happy. Do I have anybody that does the same thing? Right? The things that make me happy, oh my goodness, I love, I love, I love going and playing hockey. I love it. I love going and watching hockey. I, I prefer that my Oilers would win instead of lose. Come on. You guys were not praying hard enough the other day. I need more intercessory prayer for tonight so that we don't get taken out, okay? We need to go to game seven. This is important, you guys. Are you listening? If you don't hear anything, no, I'm just kidding. This, <laughs> these are the things that make me happy. Chelsea calls me the great escapist. I, if I can go on vacation, if I can just get away for a little bit, I just need to get away, gather my thoughts. I'll get on my motorcycle and go for a ride. Are you with me? Another one of them for me is food. 
I wish it wasn't, but it is. It's one of those things I escape through a, a through a good burger or a good burrito. Are you with me? Like there's steak anything. I know for some of you vegan people out there, I'm sorry, but I I just I just love my steak. Are you with me? And I have to those are the things I do to escape. But how many times am I drinking from the wrong well? I'm drinking from the wrong well. I'm going to these things that'll give me temporary pleasure instead of going to the source who bubbles up with inside me that brings me life and brings me joy. Are you with me today? Somebody say, I'm going to drink from the right well. I'm going to drink from the right well. Those, those things that temporarily fill you, they, they end up leaving you feeling empty again when you don't have them. But then you have Jesus. He's the only well. Somebody say, only well. He's the only well that can eternally fill you. Isaiah 40, verse 30, it says, Even youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. Verse 31. But those who trust in the Lord, come on, somebody say but. I love saying but in church. It's one of my favorite things to say. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. There's something that happens when you submit yourself to Jesus again. Now listen, I know. I know it's easy to get weary. It's easy to get weary because the things that are happening in our life all around us just keep beating on us and just keep beating on us and just keep beating on us until we're down on the ground and we're down and out and we don't even want to get up again. Is anybody with me? You ever feel like that? I mean, it, 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 it reminds me of, of the great theologian, Rocky Balboa. Yeah. When he's speaking to his son, anybody see that one? And I, I think, was that movie called Balboa? Was that what it was called? I'm trying to remember. I mean, it's like Rocky 25, something like that. But he says to his son, he says, he says, nothing's going to hit as hard as life. It, it'll beat you down to your knees if you let it. Are you with me? Come on. You got to take the hits. You gotta take the hits. Yeah, you do. You're gonna gotta go, go back and go back and watch it, the great theologian. But it's just like that. We just get beat down over and over and it beats you down to your knees. And it beats you down until, until you're on your face. And then you just get all the way down and, until you can't get down anymore. And it's just like, is there anything that's gonna get me back where I was? Is there anything that's going to help me to be who God called me to be? Come on. Were you going to give me a wedgie? What was going on there? <laughs> Got to watch out for Pastor AJ. Anything can happen. He's like, I was just going to help you up by, by your underpants. Here's point number three. Jesus walks to the weary. He walks to the weary. The woman at the well, here she is. Go to verse 15. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. Verse 16, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. Verse 17, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands. 
and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Jesus, in his weariness, goes to the well and sits there to meet a woman in her weariness. He didn't go there to judge her. He didn't, he didn't say, I condemn you for having five husbands. He just says, I know. I know what you're going through. I know what you've experienced. I'm not unaware. Why do you think I'm here in the middle of the day? I'm here to meet you. Are you with me? And in the middle of our weariness, Jesus comes to meet us. In the middle of our struggles, in the middle of our sin, in the middle of our brokenness, there he is to say, I've got some fresh water for you. I don't know where you are today, but you might have come in here midday, the heat of the day. All the other women went and got the water at the beginning of the day because it's not hot yet. All the women who, who, had, who, had right, who were perfect, all, all the perfect women, are you with me, came at the beginning of the day when it was easier. But if you're not perfect, you weren't allowed to be with the rest of us. Are you with me? Come on. How many times have we felt like that going to church? I can't go to church because i got to get myself right before I go to church. Do you know what church is for? Church is, church is so that the broken and the weary can come in and have their lives changed. Church is somewhere where you can come and get filled back up so you can go back out and do more with your life. Amen? Church isn't, church isn't for the righteous. Church, th- this place is not for that. If you want to go somewhere looking perfect, there's a church down the street to do that in. But this one is not for that. This one is so you can come in here going, hey, I gave it all I could this week, and I don't have anything left. Do you have anything for me, Pastor? Did God tell you anything this week? Did he tell you what I could get through so I could go on for next week? Come on, sometimes we just got to get back together and get back in the Word of God and start going, oh, I need a drink, somebody. I need a, I need a fresh drink in this place. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm going to go over here to Isaiah. I'm going to get a drink from Isaiah. Are you with me? I need, to, I need to get the living Word back in me. Oh, I need to start up that spring again. Are you with me? Is anybody with me? Come on. Jesus, in his weariness, seeks out the woman because she was weary. You know, in verse 4, it says Jesus had to pass through Samaria. Had to. When everybody else would avoid Samaria, Jesus, there was something in him that had to go through Samaria. Had to. It was this woman. It was this woman. This is, this is the first person that Jesus reveals himself as the Messiah to. He chooses her. Messed up. Imperfect. Five husbands. I mean, any biblical sense of marriage that we have, it's not that. But he chooses her. A Samaritan woman. A woman who represents everything you shouldn't be. He chooses her in her weariness to say, hey, I want you to take my name into Samaria and tell everybody. He chooses her. You ever ask God, why me? Why me? If you've ever lost a loved one, I know you've had this same discussion in your head that I've had. When you've lost a loved one, you look back and you think to that, about that person, how incredible they were. How, how amazing they were. And you ask God, why them, Lord? Why not me? Why'd you take them? Is anybody with me? I know I ask that question. But you know what? He chose you. He chose you in all your brokenness. 
He's not surprised by your brokenness. He walked all the way to be with you. He had to be there with you. In this season, in this time in your life, you are not alone. Jesus knew you'd be sitting at the well, thirsty, in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day. He knew where you'd be right now in this season of your life. He knew as a mom what stresses you'd be experiencing right now. He made, he had to be here with you. He had to. He had to. Let's go through those points again. Did you write them down? Point number one, weariness does not make, mean weakness. Come on, how many of the, did that hit you this morning? Weariness does not mean weakness. Point number two, I will drink from the right well. And point number three, Jesus walks to the weary. He walks to the weary. He's not waiting for you in your tiredness to, to get there to him. He's walking to you. In his weariness, he knows that you, how you're feeling and what you're going through. I think a lot of us need to hear that today. God, thank you for being here in the midst of my weariness, in the midst of my struggle. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstones Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.